This week on The Swearwolves, we are discussing two Hammer films from the 50s and 60s, The Hound of the Baskervilles and The Devil Rides Out. Welcome to the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Gentlemen, welcome back to another week of isolation. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Things are starting to open up here in Arizona. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be like participating in anything like restaurants and bars and arcades and stuff, but they're opening up. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I didn't really miss anything. Like, it's weird. Like, it, it's it's really weird because, like, I found myself, like, saving money. And, you know, I'm grilling more. I'm playing my guitar more. I mean, it, I don't know. It's kind of weird. There's some places that I do miss going to, but, like, places to eat. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm like, saving money. You're so rich now. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> it, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's kind of like, it, it's kind of nice at the same time. Yeah, I found that I'm saving money because I'm not going a lot of places, and I don't think I filled up my car with gas in. Oh, that's another thing. Three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice. I miss um, going to the gym. That's like my own. That's like the only thing I'm kind of bummed about. Still, yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm gonna say too. I miss going. To- <laughs> I have a weight bench at home, so like I'm kind of lucky. Like you know, dude, you're so rich. You're so buff. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Big sex. Yeah, you know, I think I miss camaraderie. I miss getting together with you guys in person, obviously. Um, I miss that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. as far as like going out to restaurants, I was talking to my sister in law the other day and I was telling her how I'm more of a kind of like if we want to go out to eat, like, okay, let's take it out. Mm -hmm. Let's do takeout instead of because I'd rather just be at my house. Yeah. Um, like I don't have to be at a restaurant. I mean every once in a while it's nice to I like, like that go too. My wife's the people watcher. I'm more of the yeah. takeout guy. Yeah. So um I don't miss that aspect of things. Uh, I miss but I am saving money to Alan's point because I'm not going out and buying anything really. Right. And uh the only thing I bought oh, Gutter Garbs has two new shirts uh that they I almost texted they, you, but I was like, ah, I was like, he's seen it by now. <laughs> no, I already ordered it. <laughs> the the Friday the thirteenth double pack. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn it down. Like they show that to me and it's just like, hmm. Yeah. All right. Yep. I mean like yeah. limited runs. So if I don't get them, then 
and I like their shirts actually. Like their shirts are nice. So gutter garbs, go to those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little plug for Fright Rags. They did like a, a flashback thing too, and they had a Night of the Creeps shirt. And I was like, kind of same thing. I'm like, I'm not gonna not buy a Night of the Creeps shirt. <laughs> and also, and also bought uh, some Shocker socks. And I did buy a Shocker uh, shirt just for the absurdity of it. Um, did you get them yet or no? No, I just ordered them a couple nights ago. Yeah, I don't think I have a Fright Rags shirt. Really? So no, I don't know. I mean, what's the material like? It's uh, it's light. It's it's cozy. Yeah, is, it, is that what you're wearing? I'm wearing a Fright Rags shirt right now. Yeah. Okay. And when, uh, yeah. whenever you uh, get a shipment from them, there's always like a like a like a trading card from a horror movie in there, and an oh. Atomic Warhead candy. But yeah, there's always yeah. Atomic Warhead. Yeah, candy. The candy's delicious. Nice. I follow I follow Fright Rags on Twitter. Nice. But anyway. Enough about that shit. Uh, <laughs> actually, I did get another thing. We'll plug other things too. Oh, more stuff. <laughs> plug places that uh, I I uh, I frequent or buy stuff from. So gutter garbs, fright rags, go to those places. But also uh, trick or treat studios. We've talked about them before, but they primarily deal with masks or like costume type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw an advertisement for them today. It came up in my feed or or whatever I was looking at, and it was for the hammer series i saw that yeah the hammer masks and so they have a whole series of masks associated to classic hammer films from the 60s and uh 70s so uh which i thought was kind of fitting uh that we are going to be talking about two hammer films today now uh full transparency i've never seen a hammer film that i'm aware of until until just these two yep yeah same here there's a bunch I've wanted to see and uh, that I probably will still see, but yeah, I haven't seen any either. Yeah, so to give people a little bit of history about Hammer films, I know a little bit about it. So you got your you got your like golden age of horror films, which was like the 30s, uh, 40s, and even through the 50s with Universal, um, where you have those classics like Frankenstein, The Mummy, Dracula, and Into Creature from the Black Lagoon. Then Universal kind of faded out their films of, of the, that nature. And then hammer kind of picked up the slack in the sixties. Uh, they had been doing horror films since the fifties, but like with, uh, uh, Dracula and, uh, Frankenstein was the late fifties for them. Uh, the mommy, they even did a, a Wolfman werewolf movie. So yeah. they kind of, they kind of picked the, and, and they actually did like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, um, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm kind of reading their movies always have cool titles too. They did a good job yeah. with the titles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The curse of the werewolf. Frankenstein must be destroyed. And the phantom of the opera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe that one wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't so much, but, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. And they made a lot of sequels, uh, to those films. And the other thing that they did was they really put on the map, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee. Like those were the two staple guys mm-hmm. that were in all of those films. Yeah. Uh, either one Most... was Frankenstein's monster and the other was Dr. Frankenstein or one was the mummy and the other was whomever. Yeah. So they were in all those films together. Grandma Peter Tarkin Cushing. and uh, Count Dooku. Yeah. 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 Peter Cushing uh, uh, was uh, Van Helsing in a, in a number of the Dracula films. And uh, Christopher Lee uh, was Dracula. Was, was a famous portrayal of Dracula, you know, but hammer is still around. They, they came, they, they came onto the scene in 34, 1934. And, you know, they did science fiction, thrillers, film noirs, 
Um, but obviously, they're most known, most well known for their horror films from the '50s to the '70s is like kind of their their golden period. Yeah. So if the golden age of horror films was the '30s into the early '50s, then you could have the Silver Age being the Hammer films, right? And then whatever, I guess the modern age would be like the seventies with like a lot of the independent horror films that we got with uh, Texas Chainsaw and Halloween, um, even even yeah. going into the slasher films in the eighties. Yeah. So then you got the the shit stained age of like the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I call that the. Um, the scream clones <laughs> yes. uh, was the late nineties, early two thousands era. <laughs> what, what was great about hammer also is that they, they got a lot of American exposure. Um, obviously, you know, they were very popular in, in the UK, um, but they had partnerships with, uh, with Warner brothers and United artists and uh, universal and Columbia and a few others, Fox MGM. So, um, a lot of American uh, audiences in those decades, in that time period, got to see a lot of Hammer films. So we're going to talk about two of them today. Not really two, I don't want to say not well known, but not two that come to mind when you think Hammer films. Uh, when you think Hammer, you think, like I said, Frankenstein, Dracula, even uh, the, the Mummy and Werewolf. Alan, you pick these. You wanted to do an episode on Hammer, and David and I were like, yeah, we've never seen any of these films, so let's watch them. What was your reasoning behind picking both of these? Now, I could have gone the direction of choosing you know, a Dracula film and a Frankenstein film. That, that was my first thought. Um, but there are a number of reasons why I didn't. First, we're, we're coming off of a, of a vampire-themed episode. But also, I kind of want to save those for a possible, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it might be a possible future episode where we review Bela Lugosi's Dracula and Christopher Lee's portrayal of Dracula, maybe kind of a versus or something, Mm. you know, and then, you know, we have maybe, you know, a Frankenstein uh, themed episode and maybe, you know, the mummy or something, you know. I, I really I really wanted to do one of those, but I thought, you know, um, I kind of want to do something that has a, some cult followings. Um, the Devil Rides Out uh, kind of has some no- notoriety to it. The poster art was used by a, a, a doom metal band called Electric Wizard, so it was very recognizable. The Hound of the Baskervilles is considered one of the best portrayals of... Sherlock Holmes. I wanted to review a film that uh, features Peter Cushing as the star, and I also wanted to do a film, The Devil Rides Out, where Christopher Lee is the star, and the man himself actually this is his personal favorite role. Yeah, um, I read that. I read that too. Both films have the same director. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. Terrence Fisher is the director of both of these films, and it seems like Terrence Fisher was the go-to guy for most, if not all, of the horror films that uh, Hammer did. did. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about uh, chronologically. The Hound of the Baskervilles came out in 1959. Now, this is an early horror film uh, from Hammer, Um, and it's a gothic horror mystery. I guess is what they're calling it. It is a Sherlock Holmes novel by Arthur Conan Doyle, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. Did you guys read it when you were kids? Because I did. 
I think I had to read it. I had to read it in school. I don't remember it. I can't remember if it was sure. junior high or high school, but yeah, I remember having to read it. But then when I was watching it, I was like, I don't remember what happens. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't read it. However, I did like Sherlock Holmes. There's a movie that came out in the eighties, I believe, called Young Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. that I really, really dug. Um, I think I remember that. I really loved it at the time and it's kind of it was kind of scary, but to me, I mean I was also little, to me these are mysteries. Um, yes, there's an element of horror to them, but let's talk about the the basic plot of this movie and and what Alan was saying earlier. This stars Peter Cushing, um, who most people know, well, at least most people in my generation know as Grand Moff Tarkin in <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, he also makes an appearance in Rogue One, I guess, as a digitized version of himself. Yeah. He looked pretty uh, good. <laughs> he's not aged yeah. at all. <laughs> um, but uh, Peter Cushing plays Sherlock Holmes and Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee, uh, I see now, he plays um, Sir Henry Baskerville, uh, a man who has inherited uh, the home and most, if not, well, pretty much all of the fortune of his uh, uncle. The, he, the estate, basically. Sir Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Charles, yes. But the film opens up with a story being told of the legend or the the myth. The, <laughs> the man, know, the myth, the, the legend. legend of Sir Hugo. What a, <laughs> yeah. fuck, what a fucking Sir asshole Hugo this guy is. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real piece of shit. And as uh, it opened That was up, one hell of a party, too. <laughs> Jesus Holy Christ. Shit. All those people were just scared of him. So Sir Hugo, there's a story being told about Sir Hugo. And at first I thought, like, is this the setting that this film takes place in? Because I was like, I do not like this fucking guy. (laughs) Well, fortunately for me, both things came true. Um, It wasn't the setting that it took place in because it was years later. And that guy does fucking die. But (laughs) basically, Sir Hugo was the biggest dick on the planet. And everybody kowtowed to him. Yeah, Yeah. he was very powerful. Yeah, and he kidnapped, uh, yeah, just rich and just a rich asshole in charge. Yeah, weird. And it reminds me of no one in particular. <laughs> uh, but he kidnapped this uh, this guy's uh, daughter. He, like, sniffed her panties or something, too. Like, did you catch that? I think it was probably, like, a doily or, like, a handkerchief or something. But, like, when he grabbed it and he, like, put it up to his face, it's like, ah, oh, he's a fucking panty sniffer. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. This. I remember the part where he puts the dude's head in the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first yeah. line of my notes says Sir Hugo tosses a dude from a window into water and then burns him in the fireplace. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that was the father of the daughter. Do- of the daughter, he's got kidnapped, and there was some kind of bet going on there. And Sir Hugo was like, "I'm not going to pay up with money because he owed this guy some money." He's like, "But I'll give you something even better." And he was basically going to let the dude fuck this this woman that he's got. <laughs> in this tower and the guy was like yeah yeah and he's like and everybody can watch i mean i'm translating it to like (laughs) modern times but this is what was going on we kidnapped this chick we're gonna rape her the dad was like don't rape my daughter and they're like we're gonna kill you and then then we're all gonna rape her right and they go up there she's actually snuck out of the window and she's hightailing it through the moors uh which is you know a fancy way of saying the swampland surrounding this fucking castle and uh they released the hounds yeah he released the hounds on him but then the hound and and 
Sir Hugo's like riding behind his horse. He's like, I'm gonna kill this bitch. Do you notice that chase scene like bounces between day and night? Like, <laughs> like every other shot's like, oh, it's nighttime, it's dusk, it's kind That's of. That's a lot of early. Oh films, yeah, yeah. Though. I just thought it was fun. Yeah, it's just like, the lighting. I'm yeah. it. It was charming. <laughs> <laughs> but the dogs stop when they hear a howling. So he goes like, ah, you fucking dogs, fuck you. And he gets off of his high horse and he grabs his fucking knife and he catches the, the chick. And just as he's about to stab her, no, he does stab he her. He stabs her. He, he, does, he kills her. He does kill her. And yeah. then after he stabs her, he hears something and he looks and we don't see it. We just see his reaction. And he's like, oh, God. And then it cuts <laughs> to homeboy who's telling the story. And it's this doctor. Uh, I forget his name. Richard Mortimer. Yeah, Dr. Mortimer. And Dr. Mortimer is telling the story to Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Dr. Mortimer looks like Alfred Molina. He kind of looks like Alfred Molina. Yeah, he kind of reminded me also of uh, another person from uh, Indiana Jones uh, movies, uh, Sala. Yeah, yeah, a little (laughs) bit of Sala. A little bit of both. So uh, anyway, uh, he uh, is telling Holmes this story to tell him another story. He's like, so this is the curse of the Baskervilles is like, there's this hellhound that will fuck these Baskervilles up because of what Hugo did years ago. And you know, Sherlock Holmes, anybody who is anybody knows that Sherlock Holmes is kind of like a skeptic, like the biggest <laughs> skeptic. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the point. And, uh, and Dr. Mortimer's like, the point is Sir Charles, uh, Baskerville, just died. We just found his fucking body out on the moors. And he's, uh, he's dead. We need to know who and, and, did it. And he looks yeah. like he was like scared to death. He looked like he was terrified when he died. Yeah. Not, well, not even that he needs to know who did it. It's just that, uh, Christopher Lee is who is inherited this. He's like, I need to make sure that he doesn't die because I'm friends with the family. So I'm coming to you Holmes. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why I'm coming to you. And even Holmes is like, why the yeah. fuck are you coming to me? I need a dick. Yeah, private dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so Holmes says, look, I can't go. Watson, you go. And Watson's like, okay, I'll be your bitch boy. <laughs> Watson's always, like in every portrayal of Sherlock Holmes, it's like Holmes just basically tells Watson he's an idiot all the time. Yeah, yeah he's his little baby bitch. <laughs> he goes, go do this for me. Even in this movie, he's like, Watson, put together a map. He gives him a bunch of stuff. He goes, put together a, a pretty extensive map of the land. I got to go get more tobacco. <laughs> Fix me a sandwich. I got to take a shit. Watson's like, oh, whatever. You know. Whatever. He pays me. <laughs> I don't even know if he pays him. Does he pay Watson? <laughs> pays him in friendship. Yeah. He's like, you can hang out with me at yeah. 221. Baker Street. Holmes and Watson meet up with uh, the Baskerville, Henry Sir Baskerville. Henry, yeah. yeah, Sir Henry. It's Christopher Lee. And he has and a heart problem. It's a genetic, I mean, like, we, we, could, we would say now it's a genetic heart defect. Um, but even at the time, they know that it kind of runs in their family that they have weak hearts. And at this time, they're, they're skeptical, too, of the whole thing. Yeah, and Holmes is such a cool guy. It's like they walk in, there's this cool scene at the beginning, uh, when they meet, uh, Sir Henry, Christopher Lee's character, by the way, Christopher Lee, when he was young, we, I mean, what a handsome man, right? <laughs> like I saw this guy and I was like, Oh, even when he was older, he was very handsome. Well, yeah. But I'm just talking like when he was younger, why wasn't he the lead in like, not just these hammer films, right. but like, I was like, yeah, I could see him as Dracula. Like he's like a fucking, yeah. he's like a James Bond type smooth. Yeah. 
and tall and I don't know. I started crushing on him a little bit. <laughs> tall, dark, <laughs> and handsome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Christopher Lee's there, and uh, Watson and Holmes walk in, and he's like t- thinking that they're uh, the the staff at the hotel and he's like basically ordering them around and Holmes and Watson just stand there like not saying a thing. And that happens later on too to Holmes. Somebody thinks that he's somebody else and he's just such a cool customer because he's just like, Hmm, give me all this information because I'm not telling you who I am yet. And uh, you're going to like, let me know more about you and your character. He kind of just like kind of goes with the flow a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about that character of Sherlock Holmes is he's always paying attention. And he's always, like, the way that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote him was he's he's almost like, um, got, uh, what's it called, Asperger's. Like, he's very (laughs) antisocial, but he's also very, like... He's always listening. He's always, like... Intuitive? Yeah. Yeah, intuitive, but picks up on things about people. And when they... When they just keep talking, he just, you know, doesn't ask a lot of questions because then they'll shut down. And he's so, analyzing too. Yeah. So I really like the character of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um, and I thought Peter Cushing did a great job. They like basically say, this is where Holmes tells Watson, look, you got to accompany him back to the Baskerville estate. You stay with him. I got some shit I got to attend to. I'll be there in like a week or something. Yeah. And Watson's just like, I guess. Yeah, all right. All right. So he goes with him. Watson's pretty cool too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Watson's definitely chill, yeah. and and Watson's like one of those guys. He's not really afraid of much either. At least this portrayal of him, he yeah. wasn't like a pussy or anything. No, I think the background of his character is is he's ex-military, and so he, you know he's. I think he was a military doctor. Okay. Um, so he kind of has that background where he's not really afraid of stuff. I can see that because he does something towards the end of the movie. It's like, uh, oh, okay, all right. Before Watson goes off with uh, Sir Henry, there's there's kind of a scare moment where there's like a spider in his shoe, like a, a tarantula. tarantula. Yeah. I thought that was funny because like a tarantula wouldn't kill you. <laughs> That's what I was he's thinking like, Don't too. Tarantula. Move. Yeah. Tarantulas are not poisonous. Well, they're, they're, they're poisonous, I think, but they're not going to kill you. Like yeah. you're just, they're not you might, deadly. You, you might feel some discomfort. Yeah, they're yeah. not deadly. No, I could see um, it probably having a different effect on audiences. Like back in like '59, like you know, maybe it was like a little bit of a scare. Well, and um, when you're going to show a spider, like the tarantula is the spider to show, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's. Yeah. One that you're like, ugh. And if I saw one in real life, I would be creeped out. Because they're big and they're hairy. They're like, gnarly. They're like, you're not just going to be like, oh, there's a brown recluse. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's like, it's like they're, they're, and, like, they're like an inch. And a little fun fact, uh, Christopher Lee has a fear of spiders. So his fear in about the that. film yeah. was, was actually legit. It was a genuine reaction. It was a genuine reaction. It would have been better had they not told him. That they were going to put a spider on him. That yeah, would've. you should have just done it. Him go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was kind. Of, that was kind of the turning point. Like Holmes was like, "Oh crap! Like your life's yeah. in danger." Holmes so beats the I- shit out of that spider too. He's like, "Ah!" He really wails on it. <laughs> yeah. He kills it a lot. <laughs> As I'm watching this film, I'm always guessing who the who the culprit is. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I know it's a mystery. I know that. Holmes is going to solve this, and I want to put myself on the same level as Holmes. <laughs> Although I'm not always 100% correct, but everybody I'm looking at is a suspect. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Mortimer's a suspect, but I cross him off immediately because why would he go to Holmes? Yeah, why would Unless he even call him? so smart that he's like, I'm going to double up 
and I know that you know that I know, so I'm going to go to Holmes so he can investigate it. But then he knows that Holmes is so smart that he would ultimately find him, so it can't be Mortimer. And at this point, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's Christopher Lee, right? Because he wants all that that cash. And, That's actually and Holmes, what I thought. Yeah, Holmes asks him, like, how much money did you inherit? And he's like, $43 bazillion. And he's <laughs> like, hmm, so you have a reason to get some money. And he's like, but then the spider appears. Now, is it just coincidence? But he's also missing a shoe. Someone took his shoe. Yeah. yeah. Or did he plant that to kind of throw him off the scent? Yeah, and that's what I thought at first. But I'm like, nah, he's not that smart. <laughs> because no one's smarter than Holmes, right? Except for maybe Moriarty. But Moriarty always gets caught, too, in, in other stories. So it's not Christopher Lee, and it's not Mortimer <laughs> at this point, in my head, <laughs> as I'm watching it. All right. So we go on, Watson takes uh, Henry back to the Baskervilles house. Now this castle, this this like mansion or castle, I guess it is, this estate, talk about like a place that I would really love to like live. Oh, like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It, it's so dope. And and the one thing I'll say about this movie, and, and this will probably come up in my review too, but the settings are beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the way that they showcase the settings, like the the camera work, is beautiful. It's very much plays like a play. Absolutely. Although although there is is editing, but there are a lot of continuous shots. Like that first scene with Holmes, Watson, and Doctor Mortimer, it's like almost one continuous shot for like ten minutes. Yeah, and there's like a lot of um, obvious sets, but they look really cool, like with like the yeah. fog and like the moors and everything. Yeah, you, you see the like the background in the sky. It looks it has like a red color. Yeah, and then they're in like ruins of uh, of an old structure in the in the moors, and there's like a green glow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it's really say, very, cool. Very cool lighting, but also very good use of colors in the set design as yeah. well. Like yeah. I just I just really dug that, and I just want to throw that out there too because when we see the estate, uh, kind of not really for the first time, but the first time that Christopher Lee and um, or Henry and, and Watson get there. It's like this beautiful place. Um, we meet some servants that have been there for a while. The um, the Dudleys. What are their names? <laughs> the Dudleys. The Dudleys. <laughs> uh, the Stapletons. The Stapletons. Yeah. I think, wasn't his name Dudley? Dudley Stapleton? <laughs> I don't know. Should have been. I don't remember. It should have been but, Dudley. <laughs> if I remade this, they'd be called the Dudleys. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, so the Stapletons, and they're like the butler and the maid, basically, yeah. or the cook, or whatever the hell they are. They they come with the house, um, much <laughs> yeah. like uh, much like when we saw that that other film that we watched not that long ago. It's like the maid just follows the family around, and as people die, they just get inherited. Yeah, <laughs> and we also find out that there's a, an escaped convict on the loose, yeah. like right around the same time. Yeah, yeah. they find it from the coach driver. Yeah, the coach driver's like, hey, there's there's a prison not too far from here. And this guy who murdered uh, some people, he just escaped. And he's probably hiding out here in the moors. So don't walk alone through here. In fact, don't walk through here at all. Oh, uh, hey, and I'm sorry. The butler is uh, Barrymore. The Stapletons, Barrymore. Are, the Stapletons are other people. We meet them a little later. Oh, okay. I told you. Dudley. Dudley. Dudley Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever their names are. Um they are cool and and you know so now you're thinking in your head so we heard that there's the escape convict so it's like okay is the escape convict the one who killed him that's a little too obvious yeah uh 
is it the butler and the maid? Maybe, right? So we're thinking like, we also, what, we, what are there? We meet the bishop too. Like uh, he ride, he rides up on a on a tricycle. He like yeah, he immediately yeah. asks for like a glass of sherry, and then he has another one. Yeah. Like I think every scene he's in, he's drinking. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and the bishop, the bishop. At first, I'm like, well, first of all, he's a he's like a priest or a bishop or whatever. He's a man of God, so he's not he's not guilty in the in the in the movie world anyway. In real life, he'd probably be the one who did it, but in <laughs> in a movie world, they're not gonna do that. And he's also too much of the comic relief. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's too much. He just wants to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he's always drinking with people. He even says that. He's like, well, so-and-so came to visit. We had a drink. And then so-and-so <laughs> yeah, exactly. came to visit. We had a drink. <laughs> so we meet, meet all these characters. Uh, Watson's walking through um, the moors on a path back uh, just around the the premises. The premise? The pre- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of the estate, and he runs into the neighbor who is the That's Stapleton. Stapleton. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, "Ah, so you're the new Baskerville?" And he's like, "No, I'm Watson." And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, tell the Baskerville guy I want to meet him." And it's like, "Motherfucker, you tell him. Like, you go to his house." <laughs> yeah. I think Watson even says that he's like, "You can go there. He's there right now." And he's like, "Nope." You tell him. And when he walks up on Stapleton, like he's sitting like, uh, or he's got like an animal trap and he tells him like, yeah, be careful. You're going to step in a trap. He's like, like, dude, why don't you, uh, why don't you use a gun? You fucking butcher. And the guy's (laughs) like, oh, I got a, I got this fucked up hand. And he shows him, he's got like a, we got like webbed fingers. It was interesting because it was like, they're like, it was like one up dialogue. It was like, like you butcher is like use a gun. It's like, well, I can't use a gun. I can't. It's like, yeah. My hands. Plus, I can't afford ammo. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the fucking penguin. I got these flipper hands. Useless. Yeah. Some Watson's like, ah, touche. It's like, I had, yeah. a, I had to slap you because I can't punch you. Oh, and then he meets Stapleton's daughter. Yeah. And she's kind of mysterious. She's just sitting there and he's like, hello. And she didn't say anything. And she goes, and oh, and she like runs off and he like chases yeah, her. She runs off. I thought that was kind of funny yeah, at, at first. And then it made a little bit more sense. But it was like, you said hi. You freaked this girl out. She ran away. And your instinct was to chase her? Like, let her go. You don't even know her. Well, yeah. well Watson's chasing her because he's like, don't go through there. Yeah, he's, and he's worried like, about the quicksand. He doesn't know. Because the, the guy quick- warned him, yeah. The quicksand, also there's traps. Also, he knows that there's, there's a murderer. So earlier in the film, uh, Holmes tells Watson not to let Sir Charles, like, in in the moors. Like, by himself. By himself. By himself, yeah. So that was kind of key to the story, too. It was. And here's, uh, here's the other thing. So this chick, uh, he chases after her. She runs away. She keeps running away. She doesn't want to meet anybody. <clears throat> he finds out it's, uh, oh, Watson gets uh, stuck in the... In the swamp, in the yeah. quicksand. Yeah, quicksand. And that was, uh, that was kind of a perilous scene, too. Yeah, and it's kind of like the quicksand that you imagine as a child. Like yeah. it's like, oh, you're dead. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it happens. Like it works real quick. Yeah, I think um, a lot of a lot of us kids when we were kids got really familiar with quicksand, like from video games, because it was a lot of traps in video games. I thought you were going to say the never-ending story. Yeah, like, never-ending story, yeah. Princess and in movies Bride. Too. Yeah. Um, Super Mario Super Brothers Mario 2. Yeah. You could die in quicksand. Yes. <laughs> or you live. Or you follow it all or, the way down. And, and there's, oh, yeah, and there's yeah, a yeah. secret yeah. down there. Somewhere else. Hell yeah. Yep. So they, they help him out. The um, 
the Stapletons. Uh, the Stapletons. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Stapleton and his daughter fish him out. They fish him out, and he um, he says, well, thanks. Why don't you take me back home? And that way you can meet uh, Sir Henry. And uh, they're like, all right, cool. And and meanwhile, this chick, this like gypsy daughter of Stapleton, she like uh, doesn't talk. She won't say much, if, if anything. And so uh, Watson gets home. She stays out in the car, in the buggy, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Stapleton goes inside. Meanwhile, Henry rolls up in his horse, and he's like, uh, hey, I'm Henry Baskerville. What's up, girl? What's your name, sweet thing? Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't say much. And then she just runs away from him again. She's a, she's a nitwit. She's yeah. a weirdo. <laughs> she's a runner. So yeah. Henry chases after her, because that's what guys do in this movie, yeah, apparently. Exactly. They chase after chicks. And he yeah, catches up like to her. I don't like you. I'm going to run away. Oh, you'll, you'll warm up to me. Yeah, and she does because then she kisses him and then she's like, can I go now? And he's like, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of disturbing. <laughs> he's like, oh. So she leaves or she goes back to the carriage because Mr. Stapleton comes out and uh, and then Henry's like, hey, I'm Henry. And Stapleton's like, I'm Stapleton. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and like they exchange like, just like, hey. Hey, all right, cool. Well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why did you want to meet him so bad if all you were going to do was say hi? Yeah, maybe yeah. he was scared. Socially awkward. Yeah. I, I think the next scene that happens is they see a light in the moor, like it's nightfall. There's also some weird noises coming from the house, like people, like something laughing or, or like crying or like, I don't know what it is. There's some weird yeah. noises, but yeah. Watson sees like, a weird light, so he goes out to check up on it, and he runs into fucking Holmes. Well, first he sees, uh, first he sees the the murder guy. Yeah, he sees right? the murderer out there. He's like, "Oh shit!" And then he runs into Holmes, and he's like, "What the fuck? What are you doing out here?" And he goes, "I've been out here for a week." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah," because that's how Holmes plays it. And that I was, was thinking cool how they showed like the silhouette of him, like from the distance, yeah, like on that, that. That was cool. Yeah, because you're like, "Oh, who's yeah. that?" And you're like, "Oh, it's Holmes." Yeah, and I was thinking, it was right around this point where I was like, well, where the fuck is Holmes? I was too. I was like, and I was, Sherlock Holmes is in this movie, right? And yeah. then I started thinking, I'm like, I bet you he's there already. Oh, yeah. I, I did I did kind of think of that. And maybe I've heard The Hound of the Baskervilles before or seen it, but I was thinking, I was like, he's got to be there. He he wouldn't say all this stuff and not be doing something. Like yeah. He's intrigued. Yeah. He's trying to I, investigate. I think it's typical of his character. Did you guys ever watch uh, the modern Sherlock with uh, Cumberbatch? No, it's really good, and it was like it was so typical of the character where you wouldn't see him for a while, and it was just like, where is he? And then like he would appear, and he'd be like, oh, like I've been here the whole time, and this is what I this is what I know, and this is everything you need to know. And it's like, holy shit! And I've just solved the case. Just solved the fucking case. And the, the yeah. makers of the show, like, they save money on the budget. They're like, oh, we'll just say he was there the whole time. We'll only show him in a couple yeah. scenes, though. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll pay, pay him for a day. Yeah. But you guys got to check out that show. It's fucking amazing. Cool. Was That, that was on the BBC, right? BBC, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so Holmes arrives, and Holmes is like, look, we got to investigate some shit. So he starts looking around. I, I'm going to kind of breeze through some yeah, of this yeah, stuff yeah. so we can start talking about the movie. So he... He starts looking around and he finds some shit out. He goes and talks to the priest. He talks to the um, the maid and the butler who we find out. Okay, so the murderer is found dead too, like in the middle of the moors or whatever. Yeah, the, the, escape, the escapee. 
Yeah, the escaped convict. And we find out that he was the brother of, of the uh, maid. The, yeah, the Dudleys or whatever that's <laughs> The <laughs> Barbosas, whatever their name? Barrymore. <laughs> the Barrymores. Did you say the Barbosas? Yeah, <laughs> he was the yeah. he was the brother of the of the maid, and yeah. uh, and she's been like feeding him, and she gave him like clothes. Yeah, it was Henry's uh, clothes. Like, so like they originally thought that Henry was killed, but yeah, he was just wearing his clothes. And then he t- talks to the doctor Winchell or Win- whatever his name is, and uh, and so he's like, "There's a mine shaft. That's where this howling is coming from." And he goes down there, and then Holmes gets uh, trapped. And they're trying to dig him out, and they're like, he's been down there for so long, he's probably he's, dead. He's dead. So they yeah. go back to the carriage, and there's Holmes sitting in the carriage. He's like, I've been here for 10 minutes waiting for you, dumbass. <laughs> Watson's like, you know what? I never much cared for Holmes, that son of a bitch. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> Holmes. <laughs> he's like, finally, Watson gets his. No. <laughs> uh, My time to shine. Yeah. Wow. He's like, Watson's on the case now, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Holmes is still alive, of course, and uh, he uh, is just kicking back with a broken ankle. And he's like, uh, if you dipshits are done digging, take me back. <laughs> so <laughs> he starts like piecing together some stuff. And then one night, Christopher Lee and the daughter, uh, the Stapleton daughter, they yeah. decide they're going to meet. And yeah. they're like gallivanting, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and like making out and shit. And she leads him up to that old ruins place that Alan was talking about earlier. And then and then it's like a switch. And this chick, she turns psycho eyes on him. <laughs> and she basically tells him, like, look, I've led other Baskervilles up here because you're all a bunch of horny. A bunch of rat bastards. Well, we find out that she's asked actually a Baskerville because her dad, who with the webbed fingers is the bastard son of uh, one of them mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're actually the the only living heirs after Henry. Yeah, they're next yeah. in line. They're next in line. So yeah. the dad the dad wants that. The mom wants it because she... Bl- or the... Excuse me, not the mom. The daughter wants it because she blames the Baskervilles for her ruined life because she wanted to live in Spain. And she yeah, had to move she to grew up in England. Yeah. yeah. That was so funny. She was like, like, "When you're poor, no one wants to know ya." And like she said it in a very strange, like, "No ya." I don't know. <laughs> I think I mm-hmm. want to know ya, know ya, <laughs> dude. I thought of that too. <laughs> Jungle Well, Morris and Jerome aren't here, but we'll continue because <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, we have the time. Get it? Oh All right. shit! <laughs> Morris Day in the motherfucking time. <laughs> She she goes ape shit on him, and then a uh, dog, a hellhound comes out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, the hound of Baskerville. So freaky looking dog, <laughs> and it attacks it attacks Christopher Lee. Well, Holmes and Watson are there. They start shooting, yeah. but out comes Stapleton Dad, and he starts attacking him also because he was in on it with his daughter. They shoot that motherfucker in the belly. Yeah, Watson kills him. Fucking ice yep. cold is dead. Yeah, and then uh, the the chick escapes. And Holmes is like, don't worry about her. We'll, we'll get, she's not going to go that far. And so they start tending to Christopher Lee. Uh, they shoot the dog. Yeah. And then Holmes goes over to the dog and he rips a fucking mask off. They're like, yep. they put this fake mask on it to make it look evil, but they just, it's just a fucking pit bull. And the dog's like, the- I know what I've gotten away with it too. <laughs> yeah. 
And so uh, they, uh, he says, they, it's just been this fucking dog that they haven't fed for weeks, and they keep down in the in the mine shaft. That's why you hear the howling. Yeah. And then when they're ready to kill somebody, that's why they took the shoe for the scent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll it'll hunt you down and kill you. Yeah. So they're walking back to the Baskerville house, and then there's uh, the Stapleton chick. And she gets stuck in the quicksand, and they just watch her die. And they're like, "Yep, <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, <laughs> easy, easy peasy. <laughs> yep, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, people dying left and right around here. Yeah, and they're, they're just like, like eh, eh, whatever. Let's go have a She fucking sinks that quicksand. He's like, you know, I am famished. Yeah, <laughs> for a cheeseburger right about now. <laughs> So then Holmes is back with Watson at 221B Baker Street reading a letter from uh, the Baskerville guy, and he's got the check, and he's like, don't mm. mind if it do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and he gave him a portrait, too, the missing portrait, right? Yeah, with the webbed hand guy. That's yeah. how we figured He'd have been like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm not much of an art guy is the thing. Yeah. He threw it away. Yeah, he drew a mustache on it. <laughs> um. And then he, I'm sure he says elementary dear Watson at that point and <laughs> title yeah, card. The end. And, yep. and a movie. Yeah. So what'd you guys think? David, let's start with you. Um, I liked this movie. I, I, I didn't love it. I thought it was, if I'm being honest, I thought it was a little boring at times, a little slow. It was very old fashioned, but I really liked the set pieces. I thought Peter Cushing was very good as uh, Sherlock Holmes. I thought Christopher Lee was good. Um, I thought all the performances are pretty pretty good, except I thought Cecile, the Stapleton girl, so there was some questionable acting throughout, but I thought the leads all did a really good job. Um, I liked that it kind of worked out like a play. It had cool atmosphere. I liked the set pieces. I liked the fog. I just thought the story, and it was a decent story. I just thought it was a little slow at times, uh, and I, I was a little bored a couple times, but overall I enjoyed it. I was kind of between a two and a half and a three, but talking with you guys, I actually liked it a little bit more. So I'm going to bump up to a three. Go ahead, Alan. I like this one. Uh, I, I really digging uh, mystery films. Um, not that I not that I haven't, but um, this was a really fun mystery. You know, I think there could have been a little more of the horror element, but I'm okay with the way it was. Uh, because the dialogue really kept me in this film. I love the dialogue, especially with these older films, especially with British films, where the dialogue is just so, I don't know, intelligent? I don't know what the word is, but it's just so like clever and uh, just very well written. Um, I wish the movie could have been a little bit longer, actually. This was a really fun kind of whodunit you know, with typical Sherlock Holmes style stories. And Peter Cushing was fantastic. He's a big Sherlock Holmes fan, or he was a big fan. He put a lot of his talent into that character. But I really liked Andre Morel as Dr. Watson. I thought he was fun. All the characters were great, I thought, in their own ways. Um, I give it a three. Actually, I give it a three and a half. Excuse me, three and a half. So let's talk about this movie. We just did. (laughs) Real quick, let me go through the plot. Take take two. Uh, (laughs) No. The good, the acting, all the performances were great. We already talked about set design, um, music. I thought the music was really oh, good. The music was great too, yeah. I thought the cinematography, the direction. Yeah. I thought as the a music, film, The music really added to the suspense of it. I thought as a film, this mm-hmm. was a great film. I thought it was well written. Um, it was well produced. It was well acted. 
It's a great film. This is about as much of a horror movie as an episode of fucking Scooby-Doo is, though. <laughs> all right? And in fact, it was so much of an episode of Scooby-Doo that they even pull a mask off at the fucking end, uh, as uh, David uh, <laughs> alluded to earlier. Yeah, and there's a dog in it, even. And that same kind of dog, I think. Is Scoob, is Scooby a Great Dane? I don't know. Yeah, he, he is a Great Dane. Uh, the greatest of Danes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where I'm torn. Do I judge the movie as a horror movie? Because we are the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. You're Brett. I'm David. That's Alan. <laughs> uh, or do I judge the movie? Like it, It'd be like me going, uh, let's watch National Treasure. And uh, I really like that movie. It's a fun movie. It's really, I like it. It's not a horror movie. Like, uh, there's there's people killing people, and there's deaths that happen, and there's a mystery. But they label it, the Hammer people label this as a horror film, and it's not a horror film. This is a mystery. This is a detective film. This is, at its core, a Sherlock Holmes film, which is an own genre of itself, because there's been, like, a thousand of them. It's like James Bond, you know? So, um, as a horror film... This is not a horror film. So as a horror film, I, I don't even want to judge it. As a regular film, though, I think it's awesome. I think it's a three and a half as a regular film. Three and a half stars. As a horror film, this is like, I can't even rate it as a horror film. It's like seeing Smurfs and the Magic Flute. It's it's not a horror film. I, I can't rate it. So should, should people watch this movie? Of course watch this movie because it's very entertaining. But it's not a horror film whatsoever. There's nothing horror about it. It's up for debate, but it, it's definitely a horror film. There's elements in there. And I mean, for 1959, it was definitely a horror film. Don't tell me that bullshit because I, <laughs> I can go back to 1959 and I can go back prior to 1959 and I can show you horror films. I can show you gothic horror films from the this, 30s. This was a gothic, this, this was a gothic horror film. Frankenstein's a gothic horror film and that's a horror film, all right? Dracula's a horror film. I didn't this really view this as a horror mystery. film either. It's a, yeah, it's a mystery. Are you passing? Yeah, but there's mystery elements in horror films. I mean, it's a gothic horror mystery. It's, you know, it's... Yeah, but I get what he's saying. That's the difference between... I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... This isn't coming from me. But this, this is, is the difference between is, Scream, which has a mystery element, and Knives Out, which was a great movie, not a horror film. Which one? Knives Out. Have you seen it? It's delightful. Knives Out is a great film, too. It's not a horror film. Yeah, exactly. But like, like David said, Scream, yes, there's an element of mystery. Who's the killer? What's the killer's motivation? Uh, all this stuff. But there's, there's fucking murder, and there's fucking uh, a horror element. There's scariness to it. Horror to me. But there was murder in this one. I mean, Murder, yes. There's murder on an episode of Agatha Christie's Murder, she wrote. But it's not. that doesn't make it a horror just because someone got murdered. What makes it a horror is that there's like, um, there's... Uh, you there's an well, unknown. All, there's an unknown element. There's an. Un there's a murder in the Lion King. But yeah, but you see, you see, actually see the killings. We didn't see any of the killings. Like I mean, I guess we saw someone stab somebody, but like, like I said, that happens in Murder She Wrote. But it's like there's like there's scares. There's scariness to it. There's either a monster or there's jump scares or there's uh, chase scenes and stuff like that. This just didn't. This doesn't fall into the genre for me. For me. And maybe someone else says, oh yeah. So, on the ratings, put an asterisk next to mine. <laughs> I'm going to say three and a half heads. Okay? I think it's a really good film. Three and a half heads. The asterisk says it's not a horror film. There you go. So that's a 3.33 with an asterisk. <laughs> with an asterisk from me. <laughs> from Brett. The Devil Rides Out is the next film we're going to be talking about. It's also known as The Devil's Bride, which 
is probably why I had a little bit of trouble finding it, um, being that that's the United States title, but the, the, the original title, the OG Hammer film title, is The Devil Rides Out. You know why um, they did that, right? No. Uh, 20th Century Fox wanted to change the title because they thought audiences would think it would be a Western. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I so in the that. US in the US they called it the Devil's Bride. Yeah. I did not know that. I also uh, didn't know that it was called the Devil's Bride in America. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's my Blu my Blu-ray has the um the slip cover reversible. Uh-huh. By the so way, Devil's Bride out the other one says Devil's Bride. By the way, that Blu-ray is worth quite a pretty penny. Um because it's not in production, I don't believe anymore. And uh I think that it's uh you could you could cash that in for some bucks. I'd rather not. Alan's sitting on his mountain of money over there. I know. Yeah, he's even like more. fucking Scrooge McDuck over here. Yeah, I bought it. I bought it bin. when it was under retail. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not in it's not in print anymore. So good luck finding it to anybody out there. If you do a web search, you can probably find it. Uh, maybe online somewhere. I'm not saying that's where I watched it. Nor is it where I watched it. <laughs> Thelma and Louise over here. Yeah, we were holding hands. Yep. Our convertible. Um, we're wearing gloves so we don't spread the corona. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is uh, uh, another Hammer film from 1968. Yeah. Um, another uh, Terrence Fisher directorial. Yeah. Terrence Fisher directed it based on a novel called The Re- Devil Rides Out um, by Dennis Wheatley. Uh, stars Christopher Lee. Um, and a bunch of other people, but another person that it stars that people might recognize from another kind of horror film is Charles Gray. Charles Gray is the narrator or uh, criminologist of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a jump to the left. No, nope, that's a comedy musical. <laughs> There's no it, is, it is a comedy musical. It's I a mean, bunch of stuff. But it's a comedy <laughs> horror musical. Charles Gray uh, was also in, I think, two Bond films. Oh, cool. Yeah, he looks like a Bond he villain. He does, yeah. Between Charles Gray and Christopher Lee, I think they were in three Bond films. All right, let's talk about this movie. This movie, what was that movie we watched months ago with William Shatner and Tom Skerritt oh, the, and Ernest? The Devil's Reign? The Devil's, Devil's Reign. Yeah, I got a yeah. similar vibe off the opening credits. Similar vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that opening... So this movie reminds me a lot of The Devil's Reign. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, the opening music was really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, with, yeah. with, the, with the band Phantomas with uh, Mike yes. Patton and Dave, uh, Dave Lombardo, yes. King Buzzo and Trevor Dunn. Anyway, um, yeah. they did an album those guys, called... Those guys are great. Oh, they're fucking awesome. Uh, they did an album called The Director's Cut, and every song is like theme music from a movie. And they have a lot of horror movies, but they do a, a cover of The Devil Rides Out theme music. Right. Yeah. It's actually not one of the better tracks, but that album's fantastic. I love the opening montage of this film with like the occult imagery and, yeah. you know, it had like an animation look to it. And then there was like, uh, like live action smoke in the background. It was like red and purple and it was a great opening montage. Yep. I was like, uh, I'm in. Yeah. So I kind of thought that too, from the beginning, uh, you know, like I said, it, it very devil's reign, very like yeah. pulls you in right away. Um, and I will say this also, it like cuts to the chase pretty quick. It really like, does. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of buildup as to what's going on. Uh, Christopher Lee plays this dude, uh, named Nicholas. Duke, the, <laughs> yeah, let's call him Nick. Yeah, Duke. we're calling him Nick. 
so Nick and uh, <laughs> Rex. Nick and Rex. Rex flies in, like literally flies in on his little biplane, and uh, they're meeting up. They're having a reunion of sorts. They're like three best friends. They're going to go meet up with Simon, but uh, Rex asks Nick, he's like, hey, where's Simon been? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. And he's Simon like, is, uh, he's the son of like of a friend of theirs who was passed on, and, and he wanted them to watch after him. Mm-hmm. And they have, and they, they're, they're older, but they, they still were, after his dad died, they still... Like because he's an adult, they became friends with him. Yeah, and they're like three best friends. And yeah. so uh, Rex goes, well, "Where the fuck is Simon?" And he's like, "Don't know. I haven't seen him for a while." And he's like, "Have you gone to his house?" And he's like, "Didn't think of that until just now." Let's go to his <laughs> house. Let's go to his, Let's house. Go to his house. house. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So they go to his house, and it looks like there's a party going on. Yeah, there real, is. real soiree. And yeah, and he's got this huge ass fucking house, and this and the servant answers the door and he's like who the fuck are you like he doesn't say that but he kind of looks at him like uh i didn't know there was gonna be anybody excuse else. me sir who the fuck are you <laughs> uh they go into like the main uh ballroom and they see that there's a bunch of people like just uh you know talking partying you know like like old timey like mm-hmm. like high upper echelon type party people wear tuxes yeah uh pearls uh, gloves you know those people mm-hmm. um like a party yeah. that you would imagine uh, yeah. that probably doesn't exist but <laughs> yeah one that you would imagine does and uh and everybody's kind of standoffish there's this chick there's this old uh, french chick with cross eyes she ends up driving a car later on and like almost hitting one of them and i'm Fucking like mr toad yeah. over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and 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 the, and the same cars that Mr. Toad drove to, yeah, like yeah. these, all they're all like, <laughs> like Duesenbergs or something. Wah, wah, yeah. oh. They meet a young girl named Tanith, and yeah. she's like interested in them. And then she realizes like they're not two of the thirteen guests. They're supposed to be thirteen guests, and so like right off, right then and there, she's like, "Oh, never mind." She walks away. Yeah, we should also mention that Simon, the guy who they're looking for, is there. <laughs> And he's strange. like, yeah, he's like, what the fuck are these guys doing here? Um, and uh, this he's, guy, he's like a kid. He's like a kid trying to get rid of his parents. He looks like Topher yeah. Grace. Yeah. He does look like Topher Grace too. Yeah. A little bit of and, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, oh, a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, Charles Gray, who plays a character named Mokata, he uh, he basically tells Simon, "Get rid of these fools." Mm-hmm. And so Simon's like, "Listen, I'm really sorry, but you're not part of the group. I got to kick uh, you out." <laughs> You gotta go. He tells them it's an astro- uh, astronomical society. Yeah. And they're like, all right, cool. Uh, but they're like, hey, before we leave, let's go check out your uh, telescope. Yeah. And he's like, but, but, uh, but. And Christopher Lee's like, no, it'll nope, just take I a look at that telescope. Yeah. You can so, tell right off the bat, like, the character of Nicholas by Christopher Lee is like, he's, kind of, he's a thinker. He's smart. He yeah. sees. He knows something's you know, he's, up. He's, he's, he, he knows something's up. He has an awareness. And I don't think the movie establishes it. At least I don't remember if it does or not. But you can tell he, he knows a lot about the occult, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And Rex, who is the other guy, he's like, oh, like, you know, he's kind of just really chill and he's kind of oblivious to what's going on. He doesn't really think anything's going on. But they go up to look at the telescope. Yeah, let me just back up real quick. So this Duke de, R- de Richelieu, uh, Nicholas, uh, is actually a fictional character that was appeared in like eleven novels mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. guy wrote. So he was like he was like the Hercule Poirot 
that Agatha Christie wrote. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, he appears in a lot of these novels and he's, a uh, a lot of occultist type stuff. Yeah. And he is, uh, an expert on this kind of thing. And so he, he knows, uh, like what Alan's saying, he knows something's up. He doesn't know exactly what yeah. it is, but he sees the clues that something's up. So they go upstairs and yeah. they go see his place. Like uh, an, for- an observatory for, you know, and they got, they got the telescope up there. And Brett, it's interesting that you mentioned that also. Uh, Dennis Wheatley, when he was writing these novels, uh, specifically this one, he consulted with uh, Aleister Crowley. There you go. And that's another one, The Devil's Reign. What is the name? other Satanist? Oh, LeVay. Yeah, Anton, Anton LeVay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, and on the floor up in this observatory, there's like a picture of a it, good goat. Yeah. Like almost not really a pentagram, but something like kind of like reminiscent of that, I guess you could say, like a diamond or some shit like that. There's like posters on the wall of uh, more occult symbols. Of like Slayer and yeah, Death so he's Metal. Got, yeah. He's got some black light posters. <laughs> Electric Wizard. Yeah. And Big Pot Leaf. He's like, oh, don't look over there, guys. Uh, but they do. They hear this noise. And it was like, like oh, oh, that's that's my room. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, he's like uh, don't look over there. And they're like, but there's a sound coming from there. He's like, oh, it's just mice. And they go it's look and there's like, there's like two chickens, like a black one and a white one or some shit like that. And, uh, and then, so now Christopher Lee Nicholas has put this all together and he's like, we, we got to get you out of here. And he's like, I'm not going to go. And they're like, fuck it. Boom. And they punch him. They, punch <laughs> they him. knock him out they, like a one punch. Not one punch knockout. This guy is weak. So glass yeah. Joe over here. Yeah, glass <laughs> Joe. Not only that is like, he's knocked out for like 45 minutes. And not the not, and this is the first time in the movie he gets knocked out with a, with a single punch, not the last. Not the last. <laughs> <laughs> They're always like, "Hey Simon, look over here." Douche. Oh, yeah. God, it's not again. <laughs> they just keep him around so they can knock him out all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they bug out of there, um, and uh, Mokata sees this. Yeah, uh, he finds out, and he's like, "Oh, these fucking guys." Curse you! Um, <laughs> Didn't they knock out some other people too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone in this movie yeah. goes down with one punch. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was like a karate chop to the belly, and he went ooh, and then they give him an uppercut. <laughs> it was pretty rad, but he got knocked out too. Yeah. Uh, so they they take him off, and they're like, keep an eye on him. Well, uh, like Christopher Lee like hypnotizes him, and he gives him a cross. And he's like, you're going to wake up at 10 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> he set an alarm for him, like a mental yeah. alarm. Yeah. He's like, your biological clock is going to go off at 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're going to get up. You're going to make your peepees and your poops. And you're not. <laughs> what the fuck? And you're not going to remember anything that me and Rex are about to do to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he goes to sleep and he's got this cross around his neck, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, Nicholas is like uh, Butler, Butler. Goes to check up on him, and uh, Simon is like choking himself out with the with the chain of the cross, mm-hmm. and uh, so the Butler's like, "Let me take this off for you." And he does. <laughs> Let me get that. And uh, Simon jumps out the window. He's like, "Ah, fuck or not, shit. Simon? Uh, yeah, Simon." So then Rex and Nicholas are like, ah, why'd you let him fucking go? And he's like, no, it's just Nicholas. Rex is like, oh, whatever, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> very go with the flow. Oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, we forgot this. Oh, you forgot it. Okay. Before, <laughs> this, okay. before they escape, 
the, the goat on the floor. Okay, so there's the like drawing, a the drawing of the goat. The drawing there's of the goat. A, yeah, there's an image of a goat, and there's and there's the smoke that comes out, and his eyes glow red, and his, and his eyes glow red, and it's really creepy. And there's this, there's this, it's a fucking person. This big it's, old dude. It's this big old dude, like it, it's just he's like, like naked. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's like yeah, he's he's almost naked. It's like and, very very tribal, very tribal looking. It's very creepy too because his eyes, it looks like he's stoned out of his gold. <laughs> and he's just like grinning at him like Yeah, hey, yeah, he hey. doesn't say anything, he's just and, there like and, hey. And Nicholas and Nicholas like Nicholas knows what's up. Like this is what's really cool about this character. Like he has like a mystery to him because he's been through some shit, you can tell. And he's like, Don't look at the eyes, Rex. And Rex and, is fixated. Rex, Rex, Rex stares of, right at him. He's like, Rex I want to peek under that loincloth. Because, you know, Rex isn't into the occult. He's a skeptic. So you have these two characters. One's an expert and one's a skeptic. You know, and Rex, of course, is looking at his eyes like, don't look at his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking look at that. And it was really creepy, honestly. It was. It was cool. It was was very strange and very creepy. And I love the way that dude just stared at him, though. Like you said, he did. He looks stoned. He's all, dude, he's looking (laughs) at them at first, like with like this, just this blank stare. And he doesn't blink. And he just has this blank stare. And then he starts to grin very slowly. And it was very creepy. Yeah. But, uh, oh, and he he throws a crucifix at it. Nicholas throws a crucifix at it. And he like blows up. Like yeah. like something out of Castlevania. Like, the fucking <laughs> That's right. It was dope, dude. It was so fucking cool. So uh, anyway, so yeah, then then all that other bullshit happened. Yeah, Simon, so Simon, Simon escapes. Simon escapes. So Nicholas is like, look, we got to go get him back. This is the part I, I got up to like go to the restroom and I, I let the movie play. And when I came back, all of a sudden, Rex had Tanith in his car. Like he had picked her up. <laughs> and I was like... Well, that does happen like, very. How, that does happen really abruptly. You can the, tell Rex is like kind of a playboy. He flies in on his plane, you know, and he takes a liking to to this uh, Tanith girl. Um, but all of a sudden, and, he picked her up, and she was like, "All right, I'll go with you." Yeah, yeah. That, I thought that was weird too. Like, yeah, she just agrees I to get I in a car with a stranger. No, you didn't. Well, they they. They had met. They had met at the party. Well, yeah, they had met at the but, party. But still, for like two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I know, but he, they recognized a, each other. Yeah, I saw that chick at a casino before, uh, with, with that cross-eyed chick, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Nicholas is like, "All right, go pick her up." And then he's like, "All right." Wouldn't it have been funny if Rex had a liking for the cross-eyed lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this guy has weird taste. You know what I just read? You know what I just read? Huh. That uh, the yeah. character of Rex was played by Leon Green, but it was dubbed by another actor. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, I didn't it, notice. It, no, it was really good, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I saw a shitty copy of it. That's so true. That's it, true. It could have been really bad, but... Yeah, I didn't notice. He was in Flash Gordon. <laughs> Did you guys notice um, everybody that drives a car in this movie drives a car like... Uh, Real herky jerky, like very old school cinema, like like violent. Well, it's probably like yeah. at like one and a half times the speed too. It's like ooga ooga. But <laughs> <laughs> just like driving yeah. straight and just being like, whoa. Well, there there is a cool scene coming up. So so Rex picks up this talent Tanith chick, and he's like, hey, I need you to come with me. We're gonna get you some help. 
Okay. Don't have to worry about Mokata. He he has no control over you. It's just a bunch of superstitious bullshit. And she's like, meanwhile, Mokata's talking to her and looking at her. She looks in a mirror and she sees, there's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of close-ups <laughs> of eyes. And, yeah, he's yeah. really good at hypnotizing people from afar. Uh, think of uh, uh, Dracula. And, and Charles, and Charles, Charles, Charles has eyes. a really cool mm-hmm. look, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, there's always these close-ups of eyes and they're always like, uh, I know you can't see me through the podcast, mm-hmm. but just picture that just like times 20. Yeah, they're very nice. Because that's about how the eyes in this movie. Um, but anyway, Mokata's like, listen to me. Listen to me. Um, so uh, Rex takes her to like his brother's house. No, it's the niece of uh, it's no, the no, no, niece no, no. of that's, Nicholas. Oh, no, it is the niece of Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, you're a little right. later. Oh, it's, but it's the same couple, right? Or no, it's a different couple. It's the same couple. With, it? with the little girl, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He takes her there, and then she they're, like they're all gonna have lunch. And then she like gets in the car and she speeds away. And so Nicholas or Rex is like, "Let me take your car." And so he jumps in yeah. the car, and there's like this cool chase scene. Yeah, it is but pretty cool. Way, cool chase scene. The way that they're driving these cars, I mean, it's like uh, Fast and Furious, 1930. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meets Mister Toad. Yeah. Yeah, and I would not drive cars. That kind of car, like that. Because that car would have flipped <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like many times. <laughs> no seatbelts. Oh, and that's the other point. No seatbelts. So Rex gets into an accident eventually. Yeah. Crashes into a fucking tree. Mm-hmm. Fucking Rex Rex. I thought it was like, funny how like there was like there was steam or like the windshield got steam, so he punches a hole through the glass so he can see. <laughs> yes. And then uh, <laughs> sorry about your car, buddy. I I, do. I crashed it. He would have been dead. He oh, yeah. would have been dead. He would have <laughs> yeah. he would have gone flying so far. He was going like at least fifteen miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is when he gets out of the car, and then the cross-eyed lady she's she's driving all crazy and almost uh, runs him down. Yeah, she's all hey, I can't see, I can't see shit. <laughs> There's two of them. Oh, go which one do I hit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> aim for both of them. <laughs> but uh, so he follows cross-eyed lady. Um, to this house, which is real. This is another really funny thing. It's like cross-eyed lady arrives. She walks into the house. As soon as she gets there, then everybody comes out of the house, gets back in their cars, and they all <laughs> yeah. drive away. And I, I was, I said to my wife when we were watching this, I'm like, oh, I'm glad everybody's here. Let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. Because there's, yeah, as soon as well, she turns out, oh. there's going to be a ceremony. I know, but I was thinking like there's a there's a guy, just some rando who's like, yeah, Hey, like yeah. I could have just met you at the woods. Like I, I it was on my way. Like I didn't have to drive all the way. Now I'm backtracking. Like Makata, yeah, yeah. like you could have told me. They're like, no, no, we gotta do a caravan, man. We all gotta no, be together. Man. But really, like gas is expensive and I like I, I could have just like <laughs> met you guys halfway. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. I live like right across the street from this place. <laughs> so they go out to the woods and they start doing this ceremony. Now this is a really cool scene in the movie. Probably like my yeah. favorite scene in the movie when yeah. uh, Baphomet shows up. That was awesome. Baphomet, you know, I'm sure everybody who listens to this knows what it is, but it's like uh, Satan, I guess. It's like yeah. the goat head. Goat headed fella. Yeah. And they're doing like this whole like ceremony ritual and dancing around and uh, Baphomet shows up and it was like a party. It was like a party. They're just partying. Yeah. Yeah, and they're drinking they're just, blood and stuff. Yeah, you got a very orgy yeah. kind of feel. Yeah, they're having like they're I having think, like a party like you'd have like when you're in high school out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> out like, at the moon 
uh, out at the moon tower. They're all wearing, they're all wearing togas too. Uh, before <laughs> this scene, though, he calls. He goes to a phone booth and he calls up. He calls up Nicholas, and Nicholas is like, "Damn it, Rex!" Like God you know, like, he's kind of pissed off. He's like, "Bro, they're having a sweet ass party in the woods. Get your ass down here, bro." Yeah, so he tells them like what's going on. So they're like they're hiding and they're observing all this, and then like Baphomet appears, and that was like really cool. Yeah, that was my like I said, that was my favorite. That was my favorite part. Just that image of Baphomet. So cool. anyway, so uh, Christopher Lee, uh, Nicholas, and Rex they kidnap or steal away Tanith and Simon. And that part's cool. Like when they crash the party, they come riding in like on the in the car. Yeah, yeah. and and Tannen and their Tannen Tannen Biff Tannen Biff Tannen. Uh, <laughs> Tanith and Simon have not yet gotten baptized into Satan's uh, crew. And so that's why Nicholas knows that he can rescue them. So they rescue him, and then they take him back to uh, Nicholas's uh, cousin's house or niece and nephew I, or whatever. I love – so I thought it was cool how Rex was like – like they decide to utilize one of the cars, the headlights. So they pull up with the headlights showing on everybody and they put the headlights on Baphomet and then like Christopher Lee, like his fucking performance is incredible. He gets up, he starts saying some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and then he throws a fucking crucifix. And Baphomet like and explodes. The, like he, yeah, he explodes. Dude, Alan, and then, you, like, the Alan shit. you nailed it earlier with like the Castlevania. Like that was also very Castlevania. Like just throwing <laughs> the, throwing the cross and boosh. Dude, did you guys ever watch Venture Brothers? Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, this has bit. to be, this has to be the fucking Dr. Orpheus character. <laughs> yes. Like, seriously. Awesome. Like, to a fucking T. All right, so they go uh, back They go back to... Um, oh, and they, they, wait, they punch more people, too. <laughs> they knock some people out with some punches. Like, they, they go back... Like, one, just, like, single punches, and they take Tanith, and they take Simon back to the niece's house. Yeah. The niece, yeah, the niece and the nephew are there. And basically, the niece and nephew are like, you guys look like shit. And they're like, yes, we know. <laughs> But, but they say, but they tell them very properly Britishly, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't say you look like shit. You but look shite. They say, they say you look like shite. You look like uh, shite. So uh, they say, hey, you gotta, you gotta put Simon and and Tanith up, up, get them some rooms. We gotta keep an eye on them. Meanwhile, like their idea of keeping an eye on people is like sleeping, because anytime. <laughs> yes. Every time they're like supposed to keep an eye on someone, they all fall asleep. I'm gonna take like, a nap. I've never, I've never seen more naps in a movie. Like Christopher <laughs> Lee takes more naps in this movie than I do. Like during the day, and I'm always tired. Um, but he's always like, "Hold on, let me just take a nap, and I'll think about things." Uh-huh. Uh, and he falls asleep, and Rex is always falling asleep. Like he's watching this Tanith chick, uh, and he falls asleep. She's always running away from him, and he's always chasing after her. There's another movie where chicks running away yes. from a dude, and they're running yeah. away after them. And, and she's another like, movie of a guy being kind of infatuated with somebody who's really unlikable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and uh, it's like no means no. At some point, yeah, exactly. Like, they, they don't know Tanith from Adam, and they're they're so concerned about saving her life. It's like if she wants to be a fucking Satan worshiper. Let her be. She's not your best friend's son that you've been friends with for fucking 30 years. Yeah. She's just broad that you saw at the casino one time. <laughs> yes. So um, Rex is chasing after her, finally hog ties her up in the barn. Uh, Nicholas, he 
fucking it falls asleep. He wakes up. Simon's like sweating and sleeping, and he's gonna choke out the nephew at one point. Mokata comes over. He's like, "Give me these two. And and Vicky Lawrence. She looked like Vicky Lawrence from the fucking Carol Burnett show. She, she did look like <laughs> Vicky Lawrence. Yeah, you're right. But uh, whatever her name was, the the niece, uh, Marie. She gets hit. Marie. Yeah. All right. Well, she, she gets hypnotized by Mokata, by and he's Mokata. like. You will give me them. And then the daughter walks in and she's like, what's going on, mommy? And breaks the whole thing up. Yeah. So Vicky Lawrence is like, fucking kick, get the fuck out of my house. And he's like, I'll leave. I'll leave. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Shit. Well, don't need to be rude. He's like, he's like, but I'm going to get these two. It's not going to be me who comes. It's going to be something else. Something so else. she's like threatened. And she's like, all right, whatever. So Nicholas is like, oh, shit. We got a plan for this stuff. So he draws on their floor, he draws a big old fucking circle of protection, like Dominus Santu, Spiritu, like fucking Latin in a circle. He's got some candles up, some holy water, yeah. some other bullshit. They put the daughter <laughs> to bed. Like I said, Rex is out in the barn with Tanith, who's hogtied. And he's like falling in love with her, but it's like, dude, you basically kidnapped this chick. Like, she's like Patty Hearst now all of a sudden. She's like, oh, I guess I'm going to fall for my captor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she, she was basically Mokata's medium. And they found they found out that she was the connection to Mokata. Um, so they had to kind of subdue her somehow. Well, so yeah, whatever. he tied her up. Whatever. So now the devil's coming. The devil rides in. Yeah, the angel, the of, the angel of death. <laughs> yeah, so a bunch of like shit happens, like where they're in the circle and like some like hallucinations start happening. Like basically, Nicholas tells them, "Don't leave the circle," but they're getting lured out. It starts out small, like, "Oh, I need something to drink," and it's like, "Oh, we got water," and then he's like, "Oh, this water tastes like shit. You should taste this," and he's like, Dude. "No, <laughs> don't." <laughs> Someone he's pissed like, in that water. Patrick <laughs> <laughs> wants you to leave the circle. Dude, the vibe I got from this scene is like is basically Christopher Lee like babysitting a bunch of like adult babies. He goes, "Don't drink that." <laughs> yeah. Was the Brita filter on? Yeah, <laughs> but everybody's kind of like a little skeptical. But Christopher yeah. Lee like knows. But like everything that happens, he's like, "That's a trick. That's a trick." It's like the air conditioning yeah. turns on. He's like, "No, that's a trick." <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like a, a fucking mouse farts, and he's like, "That's a trick. Don't <laughs> don't uh, trust the mouse fart." And then a so, spider appears. Another fucking tarantula, but this tarantula is about six foot big. It's six foot. Depending on the, depending on the angle, like every camera change, like someone's like, "That's a regular size spider. Oh, that's a big ass spider. That's a regular size spider." <laughs> yes, but it was like supposed to be big. And then the daughter comes in, and they're like, "Oh, Nancy or whatever the fuck her name was, Peggy." They're like, uh, that's not your daughter. <laughs> like, but she's gonna get eaten by the fucking giant tarantula. He's like, "That's not a tarantula." They throw some water on it. Everybody disappears. So they're like, all right, cool. Everything's good. So uh, that's when the angel of death comes in on the horse. Yeah. Riders on the storm comes in. Into this house we're born. Did you notice like the, it looked like a fucking like boomerang video, like of the horse. Like it would like pounce, <laughs> but it was like clearly the same footage but reversed and then forward again. Like yeah. we only got yeah. a few seconds of yeah. footage of this horse. 
Ah, loop yep. it. No one yep. will notice. Uh, I did notice that too. And then the angel of death takes off his mask and it's this fucking just a skeleton head. And it's over. They survive. Well, Christopher Lee, uh, Nicholas recites something. Yeah, he says some Latin you know, shit. And uh, everything, everything's done. But Tanith is dead. Yeah, because Angel cause Death's got to take a soul. Yeah, and Rex yeah. comes in. Rex comes in from the barn carrying her dead body. No, uh, I loved her, man. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you knew her for five you seconds. You just met her last, <laughs> man. And she wasn't that yeah. good. She wasn't that yeah, cool. Yeah, there's other, there's other chicks. Yeah, come um, on, man. But uh, the the daughter of Vicky Lawrence and the nephew, she got kidnapped by Mokata. Mm-hmm. And when they figure that out, Simon's like, oh, I got to go save her. And he gets in a car and drives away. And then <laughs> and everybody else is like, do we got to go follow him? And, and Nicholas is like, that's just, it's a trick. It's a trick. It's everything. <laughs> that's what he wants. <laughs> yeah. He's like the Admiral Akbar. He's like saying everything's <laughs> a, a fucking trap. <laughs> so he comes up with an idea that he's going to get Tanith her soul through Vicky Lawrence. Uh, it's not Vicky Lawrence. I'm just going to say it's Vicky Lawrence. I know everybody knows that it's not Vicky Lawrence, but that's her. That's Vicky Lawrence to me. <laughs> it's, it's Mama. It's Marie. Mama Mama's family. <laughs> so he's going to have Tanith's uh, soul come through her. He's gonna like yeah, do a ritual, and uh, so they do. And Tanith comes in and she's like, "I can't see where Mokata is, but I see like a winged beast guarding it, and it's just he's got a black cloud over it." And so uh, they put two and two together, and it's like, "Ah, they're at that house that they were at." Yeah. Before. Rex uh, figures it out because they show the same structure uh, when he went to the house mm-hmm. previously. Yeah, the house where everyone was in a hurry to immediately leave. Yeah. And so Simon arrives at that house because he knows that's where they're at. And he goes down into the basement and everybody's like playing pool and foosball. And <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> they playing shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah. So they're all like uh, doing some kind of ritual and they're going to kill the daughter. Yeah. And they're going to have basically Tanith reborn inside of her or some shit like that. And uh, I don't know. There's some ritual going on. So all of a sudden, Nicholas and Vicky Lawrence and Rex show up too. And they're going to fuck fucking break everything up. And Vicky Lawrence is like, hey, why don't you just recite what you did last time when the fucking Pale Rider was uh, there? And he's like, I can't do that. But then all of a sudden, Tanith comes through her, and she's got some magical powers, and then she tells the girl, hey, you just got to believe. Just click your heels three times, and you'll be back home. And and, and Mikado or whatever does nothing to stop it. He just kind of stands there. Nope. Nope. And, then, yeah. so they, and then all of a sudden, poof, everybody's gone. And then they all wake up in the circle back at the house. Well, the shit like, catches fire, too. And, but but it, like, everything resets back yeah, everything to where it was. Yeah. And now Tanith is alive. The little girl's never been kidnapped. Christopher Lee like wraps everything up in a nice bow for us and tells us exactly what happened. Hmm. And then they're like, but Tanith lived this time. And he's like, that's because the angel of death had to take a soul. And he took Mokata's soul. The end. Alan, let's hear from you first on this one. Um, I really like this one. I I can see why this was Christopher Lee's favorite 
favorite role. Um, he played it with a lot of enthusiasm. It was just a really cool movie. I mean, obviously, some of the effects aren't very well dated, but I mean, given the time, you know, it's it is what it is. The story itself, it wasn't like like the most elaborate story. It was just kind of like good versus evil. You know, your typical good versus evil story. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun. This is a really fun movie. I love Christopher Lee's performance, and it, it kept my attention. I don't think there were any slow parts to it. The only thing, uh, like I said, you know, some of the some of the stuff was pretty dated as far as effects go. I love the opening montage. The music was great. Uh, some of the performances were like a little forced, like a little like overly forced. Um, but just a fun film for me. Uh, three and a half heads, David. Uh, I liked this movie also. Um, I thought it, for a, an older film, it had a really cool feel. It had lots of atmosphere. I liked. Um, I thought the story was interesting. Uh, although I thought the story kind of jumped around a lot and like jumped to conclusions. Like the ending, like you said, like how it was all wrapped up very very quickly. Like, how do we know that Mikado died? Couldn't it have been one of the yeah. other people at the party, and there are a lot of people at that party. Yeah. I don't know. Like little things like that. I thought Christopher Lee was really good. I thought Rex was good. There were some bad performances. I agree with you, Alan. Like, I thought the Tanith uh, actress uh, was pretty bad. Like, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed the story, and I thought they had lots of cool scenes, uh, like the Baphomet thing, um, the crashing of the party. Mm -hmm. Um, I found this movie a lot of fun, and I wasn't bored for a single second. I liked it a little bit more than uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, I give this a three and a half as well. I, I hate to always have to be the fucking down <laughs> downer on your guys' parade, but Christopher Lee did good. Charles Gray did good. The Baphomet scene was good. Charles Gray was a good villain. Yeah. This movie was about the most boring fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. This was so slow. It was so poorly acted, other than the two main characters. This movie was so fucking holier than thou in its fucking preachy preach fucking bullshit it was just stupid this movie <laughs> should never have been made ouch Owie. this movie's this movie's got a 93 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes that means that like 93 percent of the people say that it's good uh, the seven percent that is intelligent enough to rate this <laughs> not good is who i'm gonna go with and uh i i just i i just can't believe that this is christopher lee's favorite movie that he's ever made the guy was sarin the guy was fucking whatever his name was in lord of the rings uh he was fucking uh in the well i guess not liking the fucking star wars movies is okay but like he was in other movies and even the hound of the baskervilles which was a far superior film to this movie yes not a horror film but a far superior film this movie in your, was in a your opinion film. in your opinion not a horror film this movie was a horror film uh, unlike uh, hound of the basketballs this movie was a horror film and uh it was also a horrible film uh so with all that being said i'm giving it a one uh because i liked christopher lee's performance but the things that didn't make sense is like the guy loves the chick too quickly. There is so much jumping around. That's a we lot even, of movies, though. We don't like... even know. Well, hold on. It's my <laughs> turn to talk. You had your chance. We don't even know like why Homeboy flew in on a plane. We don't know all this stuff. Yeah, we can insinuate he's a playboy or all that kind of stuff. 
but we have no backstory on any of these fucking people. We don't, I don't care about any of these individuals as characters. To me, Christopher Lee is just some smarmy, like, Oh, I'm going to pray and you're all going to follow me. And he's going to be an asshole the entire time. We got, uh, the, the niece and nephew, they're a bunch of dumbasses. Uh, we got Rex <laughs> falls in love with any fucking poon that walks by him. Uh, we got Tanith, who's like, I don't care about her. We got the cross-eyed chick was the only memorable person. Uh, I guess Charles Gray as Mokata was really like kind of uh, quote unquote likable as a character. I mean, hateable as a character. I liked his character because I like to hate him. Um, he was the most depth that we got out of a character. We didn't know anything. Tell me something besides conjecture and besides other avenues that you've read about. Tell me something about Christopher Lee's character. Like, why was he an expert? Do we know? <laughs> honestly, no. honestly, I kind of don't really care because it's just like a fun movie and I think you're taking it too seriously. Oh, it's not fun at all. I about ready was fall asleep in this movie. <laughs> it was it was like 89 minutes or something and I was like, that's about 80 minutes too long. So I'll give it a one. Yeah, it's your loss. That's a t- so that's a 2.67 overall. Should have given it a half. <laughs> So, uh, I am excited to see other horror, uh, other hammer films though. And I think, uh, Alan, I, I think your idea of comparing, uh, maybe the Dracula's is a good one in the future, or maybe we future. could, do, maybe we could do like a Frankenstein and a bride of Frankenstein. Cause we already reviewed the original Frankenstein, uh, from universal. Uh, so we could do something like that or do a couple of them, uh, back to back. So, uh, I, I'd like to see. I, I, I like the combination of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that more. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a number of films. Yeah, so I was pretty disappointed that Peter Cushing wasn't in this film. But then I was like, well, Peter Cushing wasn't in this film because he read the script and he goes, this is fucking trash. And he threw it <laughs> no, you can't say that. That's not what happened. I'm sure that's what happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive. He I talked to Christopher Lee. He was there. <laughs> Um, I talked to Peter Cushing. He did a seance. Uh, I did. And he was like, huh? Uh, he came through Vicky Lawrence's body. But if you have any, uh, opinions on the devil rides out or the devil's bride or the hound of the Baskervilles and how it's not a horror film, or if it, you think it is a horror <laughs> film, you should contact us. How can they contact us, David? Uh, you can reach out to us on social media. We are the swear wolves on Facebook, Twitter, and the slasher app. If you're on Instagram, we are the Swearwolves podcast. You can go to our website, theswearwolves.com, and drop a comment there. You can go to the Swearwolves YouTube channel, where we're the Swearwolves. Uh, or you can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. So for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And fuck Trump.
Hold on, Brett, you froze again. It didn't freeze for me. Hold you're, on. You're still moving. Right. Just take a pause. I'll you're be right good, back. You're good now. You're good now. I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get one too then. I'm going to pause it and get me a refill. David, did you freeze up again? I'm, I'm. Yeah. I can hear you just fine. Yeah. And I can't hear him. I can't hear him at all either. Oh, you it's, it's, always, it's always one or you, one or the other. I think it's David's internet. Oh, Hold he's on. frozen as hell. I, I, I don't even know if he's on the call anymore. He's on the call. Hold on. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on, I'm going to pause. I can hear everything you're saying, you sons of bitches. 